Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in this beautiful world. Welcome to the IC Old People Podcast. My name is Dr. Bruce and I am your host. The IC Old People Podcast is an exploration of aging, the fun, the trauma, the joy, the anger, all of the things associated with it. I am a newly minted senior, only six months into the program. I turned 66 months ago. And I'm trying my best to uh, document this process. So I found a nice quote the other day that I really liked. It said, a thoughtful, a thoughtful and concerned contemporary witness to the events of the day. I really like how that sounded. If that could be uh, someone was to describe me, you know, why do you do this? Why do you do this podcast? Why are you here on May 26, 2020, sitting at Storage Closet Studios? Why are you doing this? because I want to be remembered as a thoughtful and concerned contemporary witness to the events of the day. And of course, the events of the day have been, uh, have been just beyond. Uh, and we're going to talk very little about it. That's the joy of the Icy Old People podcast, that I am not going to spend my time talking about it. So here we go. We're going to start to talk about the, uh, the things that the whole reason we started the podcast was it's about aging, it's about the experience of aging, the experience of being a 60-year-old. So I'm very excited about today. Today is a scorcher of a day in Norfolk County. Uh, my goodness, it is sunny, it is hot, it is humid, it is an amazing day out there. Nice and cool in here. Storage Closet Studios is uh, the way it was when I left it last week. There is a little bit more activity going on in my little mall here, my little medical mall that I have my office in. Uh, They've opened up again to the public and the public are coming in and they're doing uh, restrictions on how many people can come in the store and there's all kinds of different things and you know you just need to pick up a newspaper and you could certainly uh, to read all about those things. I don't think that's why you tuned in here. I do want to say that my intro that I've been using for six months, hello, how are you, uh, welcome, wherever you are in the world, I stole that directly from one of my favorite podcasters and that is Del Bigtree. Del Bigtree, Del Bigtree has a podcast called The High Wire. Uh, you can also go to thehighwire.com. Uh, if you are not listening to The High Wire with Del Bigtree, you are not really getting the full story about what is going on out there in the world right now. I recommend it. I feel that uh, it, it's essential. It's an essential podcast. It's on every week. I think they record it on, in, on the Pacific Coast in, in uh, California. I think they record on Thursdays. It usually shows up on your podcast uh, playlist kind of thing by Saturday. Uh, by Sunday for sure. Uh, well, well worth listening to. I had said last week that we were going to do, my, I was going to do my six months checkup since I've been a senior for six months, but I didn't realize that uh, as I was doing that, I have no access to, to check my blood pressure. I can't go to the gym to check my height, my uh, height and my weight. Um, so anyway, I'm going to just, it's not going to make a difference if it's six months and, and a bit. The idea was just to have an annual checkup, but I want it to be accurate. Uh, see if I lose height over time. See how my weight goes. See how my blood pressure is. Uh, anyway, it can happen this week, so it's one of those things. When I can get into the uh, clinic and get my blood pressure done, I'm going to go ahead and do that. I hinted uh, just before I, I went off the, uh, the podcast last week that I was going to talk about Snakegate. So here's Snakegate. 
my uh, my son comes home from Toronto. He's an actor in Toronto, and uh, the industry shut down, of course, uh, and it's been it still continues to be shut down. And so we, you know, I thought he lives he lived alone in an apartment in Toronto. Might as well get him here, especially at the very beginning when we didn't really know what was going on. So it was just like it was a, get him out of there, get him home. So we got him home. With him came two bull snakes. And these bull snakes are about four and a half feet long, each one of them. And uh, we went and uh, bought a temporary terrarium, very nice, uh, a big one, but it was an old aquarium. So uh, the, his good terrarium is in Toronto, is at his apartment. So we went and bought this old aquarium, and then we kind of made, fitted a top on it. And we, we thought we fitted, fitted a, a secure top on it. So... Um, Richard uh, is goes home for a little while. Uh, he goes to do some stuff in Toronto, and then he comes back. He, he has to go to his apartment for a few things. Uh, he comes back, and then we he goes to check his snakes because he's been gone for four days. And he looks at and he says with surprise, he said one of them's missing. Like Doug's not here. They're Doug and Frank, and Doug is not there. We we are pretty panicky. My wife is out at this time. She's out. Uh, so this all goes on without her uh, being present. We search frantically uh, through the house for the snake. We look everywhere. Uh, we are crying. We're, we're going through clothes. We're going through piles of laundry. We're taking the beds and lifting up the mattress from the uh, uh, from the base and looking inside. Uh, we're shaking pillowcases. It is. It's an insane about two hours of frantic searching. And we cannot find Doug. Uh, so uh, my wife comes home and it just kind of, without being said, it was just kind of agreed that we were not going to um, tell her at that time that Doug was not in his, uh, in his terrarium there. And uh, my wife is, uh, she's, she's not that she's afraid of snakes, but she certainly uh, wouldn't touch it when was offered to touch it, and she wanted to make sure that it was very secure inside that uh, temporary shelter. So um, the next day, they set up this elaborate trap, okay? Uh, so they basically got a rat, a dead rat, and they put it on the floor in a kind of an out-of-the-way area, and then they put tape all around it, and the tape was face-up. And here the theory was that the snake would be attracted to the rat to go eat the rat would cross over the tape and the tape would stick to its body and then everywhere the snake went we would hear it crickling and crackling and we would be able to find it so the rat was put there and uh, one night went by and the rat just stayed there and nothing happened uh, the next day uh, I, I, I said that we can't just keep a dead rat here on the floor of our house uh, this is not appropriate the rat has to go. Uh, so I was asked, oh, let's just leave it one more night and we'll see what happens. We leave it one more night and uh, the rat's still there. Okay, so I said, that's it. This, this, this trap, this experiment, it's, it's not working. So uh, we're going to get, we get rid of the rat. We don't get rid of it. We just refreeze it. And uh, because, you know, we do have hope we're going to find Doug. But we're going on to four days for sure. We know he's out of his cage. 
and four possible days he could have been out. So he could have been out eight days in the house. So now here it is Saturday morning and I hear a yell from the basement and thank God it's not my wife. <laughs> it's my uh, my son and he yells out, hey Doug! <laughs> and, and I run downstairs and I go down and he's down in the furnace room. And snakes, I guess, are not, they're very instinctual. Snakes are not the smartest animal in the world. Uh, Doug was basically hiding with his, his little head kind of stuck in between, um, I don't know, it's hard to describe, kind of in, in the wall. But his, the whole rest of his body was, was stretched right out across the floor of the furnace room. So um, it was quite the scene uh, to get him up and, and in. We got a, There was a laundry basket we got him into the laundry basket and uh, got him upstairs and then Richard took over and Richard's an expert snake handler because you know these are his pets and he's had them forever you know for years now and he uh, got a hold of them and Doug and Frank are back together in the cage so after five days of, of, of a snake possibly nine days of a snake roaming around my house uh, every night before bed I would check my wife's side of the bed I would shake out the pillows I would lift the mattress I would look underneath the bed <laughs> I would make sure that before she came into the bed that I had checked it for, for a snake a four and a half foot bull snake and uh, that went on uh, and then when we found it uh, fortunately it was later that afternoon it was a, seemed to be the nice, a nice time there was a good rhythm in the air so uh, we told her that the snake had been on the loose for uh, five days in the house and uh, she screamed. She was really, really upset. She was shaking. She was mad. But we just kept stressing, look, you, you don't have to feel these emotions. The, the snake is back in. You don't have to be afraid of the snake. The snake is back where it's supposed to be. And we can just talk about it now and it can just become a great story it can become a great story for you and that's what we did and we just talked about it talked about how it had happened how we had searched why we had decided not to tell her uh, why we had this little conspiracy all together and and we all went ahead with this uh, snake gate until the conclusion we all had agreed though uh, that if we did not find the snake very very soon then uh, we were going to tell her and uh, she informed us after the fact as we told the story of snake gate to her that uh, if she had found out that snake was loose in the house she would have left she would have left the house so uh, we were walking on a tightrope we were walking on a tightrope for a few days there at the house and we all were centrally focused on on trying to find the snake trying to uh, make sure that uh, chaos didn't ensue throughout the whole house and uh, it, it turned out okay so it could have turned out a lot worse. The snake could have never been found. He could have crawled into somewhere that he couldn't get out and he would have died in there. He could have been in the wall of my house for the next 50 years. So I'm so glad that Doug was found and Doug is safe again. Doug and Frank are hanging out together, doing nothing all day, just like the rest of us. Uh, no, that's not true. We're doing a lot of things. I, for one, have been very, very active. Uh, it's been hot as Hades out there, so uh, I'm very, very fortunate that I, I have a uh, pool. So I've been swimming. I've been getting outside. I've been enjoying. I've been getting all that vitamin D. I already had my vitamin C this morning. I had my vitamin D all morning. Uh, it was so hot today that I had my lawn cut before 9 a.m., Like, and that's, that's unusual. Usually around here, you have to wait for the dew to come off. And it's usually a little later, later to do something like that. Yeah. So um, I went golfing for the first time. Like I said, Ontario is starting to open up. 
and I went golfing on Wednesday, so uh, just almost a week ago, and uh, it was a really interesting experience. Okay, so everything about uh, getting the the, the getting the golf, like paying for it and and getting your clubs and getting a start time, that all was the same as things are going on all over right now. You had to wait in line. Only so many people could go into the clubhouse. The clubhouse had no food, no no table set up. Uh, you could only go in, pay. If you wanted to grab a drink or a bag of chips, you bought it right then and there. You paid for it, and then you walked out silently with your head down. No, that's that's not true. I, I added that on. So anyway, you you went through that, and that process is kind of how things are going everywhere. Uh, I had to go to Home Hardware. That's the same thing. I had to stand in line. I had to go and buy some chlorine for my pool. I had to stand in line. When I was a little kid, we used to look at those lineups in communist uh, USSR, and they would be lined up all day to get bread, and they'd be lined up all day to get uh, milk, or they'd be lined up all day to get some chicken. And I, we used to look at those, and we were told that would never happen here, would never, ever, ever happen here. And I lined up twice today to get things. So anyway, golfing, so that experience is pretty much the experience that everybody is experiencing in Ontario right now. What's different is what they've done, and if you've, even if you've never golfed, you must have the basic concept that you know golf is a game where you, you, you knock a little ball into a hole. So uh, that hole is made up of a core of steel that is just you know about a, a half an inch below the surface of the putting green. So that you're, you, you putt and your ball gets to that surface and it drops down into this metal hole. And that hole holds the flag. Okay, So they don't want anybody touching the flag and they don't want anyone touching the hole. So what they've done is instead of putting the metal core that forms the hole uh, deep about a half inch below the surface, they're leaving it an inch above the surface. So it's really changed the game completely in that you don't have to sink the ball. You just have to hit this white core of metal that, that is the round circle that used to be a hole in the old world. In this new world, uh, you don't need to have the skill of dropping the ball, uh, the finesse of getting the ball to get there at the right speed. You could actually blast it at full speed and you have about a four inch wide gap that you have to hit it at. And I actually saw a couple of players uh, doing that, which was uh, an amazing sight to see. You know, at the very least, at least pretend that you're trying to make the ball, not just hit this white round object on the putting green. So that was really weird. That was very different. I hope that uh, soon uh, everyone comes to their senses and they knock the, the core metal down below ground so that the ball can fall in the hole. So I talk about golf. I really do enjoy it. I haven't golfed in a year and a half because my shoulder was so bad. But uh, I got out. I played nine. Uh, and I'm going to go again tomorrow. So uh, that's really, really positive after a year and a half. I'm not a good golfer. I shot a 50 on nine holes. So uh, that is not what you call good golf. But it was fun. And uh, I enjoyed it. And I walked it. That was the other thing. I walked it. Last time, the last few years when I golfed, uh, a year and a half ago when I was still golfing regularly before my shoulder injury, um, I, um, I would always take a cart. Yeah, I was that lazy. Anyway, I, I walked. Uh, I felt good. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to get out golfing. It, it was really, really good. I, I'm really happy that, uh, that I did it. 
uh, got out, get out with his group of guys, and we were all very respectful of the rules, like these new rules, and there was no shaking hands, you know, uh, often these guys will fist pump in the wintertime anyway, you know, just to kind of knock knuckles, because we, we are, in Canada, I've said this before, in Canada, we are very, very, very aware of how uh, cold bugs and flu bugs spread. We're always careful about touching and, and, and washing our hands regularly and, and not touching our face with our hands. I mean, that's just been driven into us forever. So this group of guys is regularly kind of guys that don't shake hands anyway. They'll just give a little fist bump and that kind of thing because they're aware of that. And we always have been. So, uh, but anyway, we kept our distance. There were three groups of us playing. So there were 12 of us out there. And as at the end of the match, when one group came in and the other group was still there at the end, uh, we were kind of told, you know, you, can, you can't accumulate here. You can't, you can't stay here and wait for your next group because then all of a sudden there would have been 12 of us at the, at the end there. So uh, that was different too because that's normally how it would have been. The 12 of us would have all ended. The, um, the people who ended first would have been watching, maybe having a beer or having a cold iced tea, watching the other group come in. And this is how golf kind of is. It's a very social event. And then everyone sits together and talks and has a beer. And well, none of that happened, right? So uh, we just basically ended our round. And then we were told, you you know, don't, you cannot accumulate around here now. You must move on. And we just moved on. So, you know, it was really weird, but it was fun to be out there. It was fun to be golfing in the fresh air outside so i'm very very grateful for that I, I'm, I'm very very grateful for that so um i'm still having trouble with the drinking i wish i could tell you that i didn't drink since last week i've just been employing my regular strategies right now again i i i, I try to do delayed drinking i try to um uh you know just have one that that never works uh, Anyway, a lot of it is mental anguish that I shouldn't put myself through. I had a really good conversation with uh, I, I can't with my a friend, and uh, uh, he said, "Don't don't beat yourself up so much. Like, you know, these are are exceptional times. You know, and like I was saying last week, uh, exceptional or unprecedented. Unprecedented has been used for an unprecedented number of times. So." Uh, this is going to be a short one this week. Uh, I just had a couple of topics I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about golf. I wanted to talk about Snakegate, which was just a, a riot. You can actually follow Snakegate, and there's some pictures. If you put in the hashtag, hashtag Snakegate, I, did it, I put it all on Twitter. I was making regular announcements about whether the snake would be found or not. So if you go and search uh, uh, for my Twitter Twitter handle, it's at Vic Elder, or you could just uh, just go uh, Snakegate uh, hashtag Snakegate, and you'll find it. So that was that was a lot of fun, but it it was only fun because it ended well. <laughs> so uh, thank goodness for that. I, I also want to welcome uh, a few new viewers this, or a few new listeners this week. Uh, a, a new listener from Turkey which is just amazing one of the places i would really love to go to is turkey i would love to uh to visit uh istanbul i'd love to visit some of the uh of the churches and mosques there and uh, and, and the cathedrals uh, it would just be a thrill so i hope someday i can do that and I, I had a lot of my idaho listeners came back so i was really grateful for that i was really hoping you would and and you did so thank you for that and um uh, 
yeah, so other than that, um, yeah, I'm planning my road trip to Idaho when they open the American border. Um, I'm dreaming about a trip to Istanbul sometime in the future. Uh, oh, I also have my mis oh, I have to do my mistake of the week. Okay, so my mistake of the week. Right up until this week, the province of Ontario was still holding the option open that they were going to have the last month of school have school from June 1st to June 30th, one month of school. Uh, they made the announcement this week that so the schools will not be open now until September. Ontario, that was the mistake of the week. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this uh, rambling uh, uh, podcast. I'm telling you, I'm thrilled to be back in the studio here to to do the podcast. I will be doing that health checkup. I am going to continue to find some humor in the world and some of the interesting things about aging. And uh, we are going to go through that journey together. So I just really want to thank you. If you stayed to the end, if you're still listening, you know I love you. Because this has probably not been an easy podcast to get through. So way to go. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I really do appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. So anyway, I'll talk to you next week. We will see you NT. I'm presently working on getting some original music to have an intro and an outro. I'm, trying, I'm getting that from Spiky Ball Studios in Delhi, Ontario. Uh, another great podcast called uh, uh, Live from the Dutch Hall. He's going to put together a little uh, intro and outro for me. So it'll spice it up a little bit. So come visit me anytime. I see old people, all one word, icyoldpeople.ca. If you're curious what I look like or some of the activities or some of the guests I've had on the show, there's some pictures there. And of course, every episode that we've done. So it's been a great six months. I, I hope to be here for many, many, many more years. And I'm looking forward to growing with you all. So thank you again. We'll see you NT.